So I'm here with Camila. She's a fellow realtor. Um, I just want to thank her for coming on to my podcast and supporting my vision. Uh, now, Camila, I want to get into your life as a realtor, but before that, I kind of want to backtrack and take a few steps back and kind of run down how your life got to where it is today. If you could kind of explain uh, your early life and kind of how it unfolded. Sure. Yeah. And thanks. Thanks for inviting me. So for myself, I uh, studied at the University of Waterloo. I studied kinesiology and I thought I wanted to go into healthcare, maybe chiropractic, something of that sort. After graduation, I started working at a transportation company and it was, it was really great. I really enjoyed it, but I just felt like there was something else I could do. Um, you know, I had a close friend say, I think you'd be a great fit in real estate, just your energy, the way you vibe with people, your work ethic. So I started doing the courses part-time and still working full-time. And I thought, okay, you know, maybe I'll transition. Cause you know, in real estate, you never really know when your next paycheck's going to come. So I thought, okay, I'll start part-time, see how it goes. And uh, that first year I did nothing. It is so hard to do real estate part-time it people think you know because I said to myself well people want to see homes in the after, uh, evening when I'm done work it works out but you're not going to get clients or really do them a full service if you're not working pretty much all day <laughs> so when I when I realized that wasn't working I decided to jump into it full-time now that's when it really, when it becomes really hard because you know, you, you're used to making, uh, you're having a regular paycheck. So I had a bit of money stored up, you know, for my expenses. And at that time I was uh, still living with my parents, fortunately. So I didn't have to worry about too many costs. <laughs> and then uh, it was still pretty hard. I, I got my first deal right away. I sold a house in Brampton and it was just somebody that I worked with. So it, it was nice because they knew me, they knew what type of person I was, how I worked, and, and they trusted me with the, the sale of their home. So I thought, okay, this isn't so bad. I, I'm, it's, it's going well. It was a good sign. You know, I leave my full-time work and then find, wow, I found something right away. And, and then that was it. Then I just kind of did a couple rentals and it was so slow. It was, it was really tough, I would say at the beginning. Uh, but then that's when I decided to join the the golfy team. So here, here in Hamilton, I'm with the golfy team and they provide me with leads and that, that was a huge game changer. So that was uh, in my second year of going full-time when I joined the team and it was night and day. I went from, uh, you know, doing three deals in a year to um, that first year I joined uh, in six months, I did about 10 deals, you know? Yeah, so I was I was really happy with that change, and it, it it's a lot nicer because people they trust the golfy brand here in Hamilton, so they call and and you kind of start off the bat. So I work with a lot of buyers in this market. It's been harder with buyers because you know there's multiple offers, bidding wars, you know you get priced out. So a lot of people think, wow, being a real estate agent is so easy. You just put a home on the market, it sells itself, you know. But there's two sides of a coin <laughs> for sure um yeah that was a great breakthrough uh kind of how everything kind of played about um you mentioned i kind of want to backtrack to the very beginning where you went to waterloo for kinesiology degree yeah um, I, yeah so before that is that um kind of where were you growing up because i personally went to uh university for kinesiology too and i ended up dropping out 
And I, I, I felt like I was interested in kinesiology because I was an athlete when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how that thought came about to me. So how did that come about for you? Yeah, in uh, in high school, I did really well in math and science, but I wasn't always the best maybe um, in like English class. So I thought, oh, I'm not suited for business in a, in a sense, because I thought, you know what, I, I, you know, just what came naturally to me and just talking to people, working with people. But when I joined that company, that transportation company I mentioned, I was being, I was really successful and actually the uh, president of the company, he saw the potential in me and he had paid for me to take some UFT courses on the side so that I could continue working there. But I always felt like there was just kind of like that ceiling working at a company rather than sort of working for yourself as a real estate agent. For sure. Mm -hmm. So you, um, you mentioned that you didn't really um, see yourself kind of being a businesswoman in uh, high school, let's say. So when, when you were in transportation, you were successful. Were you, were you happy with the ceiling? Like, was there a time where you were satisfied with the career and then did it kind of drain you out? Yeah. So for a couple of years, I was happy because I was moving up kind of that ladder in the company, but I did see, uh, compared to that friend that I mentioned that I should go into real estate, that I I used to work sometimes 12 hours there, but uh, there's only so much more you can get paid, right? Versus when I left and I joined the team, the golfy team in those six months, I made the same salary that I made in one year, right? And I I still worked as hard. So I'm like, my work ethic is there, right? I I have that determination. And then the more you work in real estate, the more you're going to get back versus you work in a company. And and sometimes there's only so much you could could do internally, right? Yeah. And that's definitely a big attraction in real estate that there's no ceiling, but there's also with that comes a lot. And like you said, um, I know you had a, a, not your best first year and it was struggle until you kind of joined the golfy team. So mm-hmm. um, when you decide to leave your transportation career and get into real estate, uh, what was kind of the mental process there? Were you kind of ready to join a career where, you know, you weren't going to have a standard paycheck every couple of weeks? Were you, were you prepared mentally to be up for that challenge? Yeah, it was uh, like, I had it in the back of my mind for a while that I wanted to do that, but um I can't remember what it was. I think I was just really frustrated with something at work. And I just said, you know what, that's it. Like, I can't, I'm just going to go off on my own. So I had enough money in my savings to help me out for a little bit, but I did get to a point where I had to borrow some money from my from my parents to, to continue because they, they did see that it would be a good potential for me to continue in real estate. So they believed in my dream and helped me out. Yeah, for sure. I feel like for a lot of people, they may find themselves in a career where they're kind of stuck in and maybe not satisfied to the point where they could be, but they kind of have like a mental barrier of actually, you know, making a change and starting with a bit less money and uh, kind of taking a step, a couple steps down from where they came from. So mm-hmm. what were you, um, what was the mental barrier there? Like, were you kind of scared of people are going to judge you for leaving your career or were you kind of worried about what others were going to look at you? 
I was worried about actually like like the the one of the vice presidents because I had a good relationship with him and they they he saw that potential in me. So that was it was hard to tell them that I wanted to go into real estate. Uh, as for my friends or anything, I feel like they and they were they were very happy for me to to believe in myself and take that leap of faith. And I remember that week I just kind of felt like, you know, when the universe gives you these signs that, you know, you just got to take, take that jump. And that it is, it's just, it's a big jump. You got to take. Um, Cause like I said, I thought about it for a while, but it wasn't until everything just kind of clicked and we're just like, just, just go for it. It's, it's now or never sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. And how much motivation did they kind of provide you? Like kind of, if you're feeling like you're on your own in real estate, sometimes it can feel like you're waking up without a paycheck. You're going to bed unemployed kind of, how much motivation did the close people around you serve you? Yeah, it was uh, a lot of uh, just uh, the positive reinforcement because yeah, in real estate, you could work, go show homes, go send emails, answer this, do a million things. And, and that doesn't guarantee you're going to get paid. Right. So you're, you're working for free a lot of the time, right? You can have a buyer and they don't end up buying, then that's it. You don't, you don't get a paycheck there. So that was, um, hard, but I think I always try to show a positive face. And I think maybe that's something my friends never saw. I would always try to be like, yeah, I'm fine. Everything's great. I love it. Meanwhile, you know, you go to sleep and you're like, oh my gosh, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> and you kind of have to like, well, you don't really have to stay to yourself at that point, but it kind of feels like you have to, because like at the end of the day, you chose this route and you have the mindset of you're going to push through no matter the struggle. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't, I didn't want people thinking that I did make the right, the wrong choice. Sorry. And I didn't want people thinking, oh, well, I don't want to work with her if they are going to buy a house because she's not competent, you know? So when you're starting out, you think, oh, I'm young. People don't know me. Uh, Are they going to trust me? So it's it's a lot of things that you do second guess yourself a little bit but I never let anybody see that really because I didn't want them to think that I did make the wrong choice (laughs) yeah for sure I I can understand that and that will lead me to my next question is uh growing up did you find yourself more introverted or extroverted would you say um I find I'm a I'm you know, everybody's a little bit of both. I, I enjoy talking in, in larger groups. I have no problem talking on uh, like a stage to multiple people or meeting new people. But sometimes, you know, I am a little bit more, more shy that if I go to a group that already know each other, I'm just kind of feel it out before I jump in sort of thing. Um, I would say I tend to be more on the extroverted side than introverted. But uh, after if a week is really heavy with meeting a lot of new people, sometimes you do need to just kind of take that step back for yourself. Right. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I find myself more introverted than extroverted, but mm-hmm. I feel like when you kind of find something that involves having to talk to people and kind of be out there, it kind of doesn't really matter because that's when you have to choose to put something ahead of what you really feel. Oh yeah, exactly. Like I'm on, I'm only 20, so I'm really young, <laughs> but a couple of years ago, I would hate talking to people during high school. I would not want to talk to people. I'll just walk through the hallways, not look at people. And now like I'm on interview calls like this, talking to people wanting to be in real estate. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how it changed for me. But, um, yeah, yeah. So 
you ultimately leave your uh, transportation career. And I have to ask, was, was that a, like a good paying career? Where, like, were you comfortable then financially? I was comfortable, but I felt like I didn't have the salary I wanted for, for the goals I wanted to achieve. So I felt, you know, I live with my parents right now, but I do want to buy my own place one day. And that's, it wouldn't, it didn't really fit in. Like I'd have to cut back on other things that I was used to, like a a gym membership. Like I had a a really good membership, like, you know, that's more expensive than, than a good life. Right. But it's like, okay, so I either have to make more money to kind of keep living that lifestyle that I enjoy or keep this job and cut back some of the, the stuff that I'm used to. Right. So. Yeah. And you, you started your, um, your real estate school while you're in the career, right? But- yeah. Yeah. So I was uh, doing the classes part-time and uh, it took me, I think about two years to do the classes. So like I said, it was something that I was thinking about for a long time. Okay. When I finish these classes, what am I going to do? Am I going to do this really pursue this full time uh, as my career? Yeah, for sure. Um, and if anything, it could have just been like a part-time thing. Maybe you're kind of thinking, or I'm not sure where you're, where you're kind of thinking, but it, it would have always been ha- nice just to have at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I did try it part-time for about a year, but I didn't really do much in that year at all, if anything, because I was just concentrated on my, my, my full-time job and I didn't end up doing anything. Yeah. So you're finally in the career, you have your license. There's a 90% chance you kind of leave the business within the first three years. And from what you told me, it kind of, it kind of seems like you're at a point where most people would have quit and chose to leave the business and decide to like give into the hardships. Mm -hmm. So how, what was the kind of the faith you kind of had to have in yourself to keep going? Like, were there times where you wanted to quit and thought about quitting? Um, yeah, actually it was really funny when I decided to, to me, a big pivot in this career was joining a big team that has the, the leads and support to, for me to continue in this career. So when I was deciding what to do, I actually applied for a job in Costco and I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll work at Costco part-time cause I, I need to start making money. Like this is getting ridiculous. Um, I'm just incurring debt at that point. Uh, but I joined a big team and it made a big difference for me. They were able to give me the support of, of leads and kind of bring me to where I am today. Yeah. So you kind of had like a, a great support system behind you with mm-hmm. a team, but for mm-hmm. solo agents, they might not kind of have that. So how would, how important is it, would you say to have, you know, uh, a mentor by your side while starting out so you can become self-sufficient and, you know, continue to excel better than what you would have been. Yeah, I think it's it's very important because as a new agent, you take the courses, but it doesn't feel like it actually prepares you for the job. Uh, there's just still so many questions when you're actually doing it and just how to kind of get more clients to trust you and work with you. So if you have a, some sort of mentor or somebody that can help you out, somebody that's already established in the business, it's going to make a huge difference because they're going to be able to help you with things that you don't see or help you maybe by bringing you some clients that you could start working with because it just kind of becomes exponential. You know, once you have, you know, I bought, let's say I worked with 10 first-time home buyers this year in five years times, a lot of them may decide to sell their home and upgrade. Right. And then in five years, I'm going to have 
double the work because I'm going to be working with new buyers then plus my old buyers plus their referrals, right? So that's why it takes so much time to really build that pipeline of clients. That way you have a more of a steady income in real estate. For sure. Now you said, um, I think your first month with the golfy team, you, you got 10 deals. The, the six months, the my first, first six months. Month. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Sorry. One month would have been, <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, were, did you feel self-sufficient enough to, uh, before you joined the team or did the team really help you, uh, with the mentorship of becoming a comfortable in the career? The team really helped me to feel like I made the right decision. Like in terms of, like I said, my work ethic and my personality, I feel like I'm a good fit in the job. But if you don't have clients to work with, then you, you can't really do anything. And that's what the golfy team kind of provided for me is those clients, right? Because they would get people calling their office saying, hey, I want to buy a home. They give me that client. I work with them. And now that client trusts me for future future things. So I feel like it was, it was a big game changer having them with that. And they do have a mentorship program. So for the first year you join their team, they have a senior agent kind of like helping guide you that way. You know, sometimes you're like, Oh, this happened, or I need to submit an offer with this. What do I do? You can call them, tax them and they, they help you out. Right. Yeah. Um, that's great. Um, I actually didn't know that. Um, I'm actually not a realtor in the business yet, but I'm probably looking to get my license within the next one or two months. So I'm kind of at the stage where I'm trying to look for something and kind of interview uh, brokerages. So, yeah. Um, so before all this, let's kind of, I kind of want to take a step back to your first year. I'm assuming you're cold calling, uh, maybe door knocking. Okay. What was it like assuming you're getting rejected a lot? Eventually, did you just like lose all feelings to the rejections and keep shooting your shot? Uh, so the first year and, uh, when we're talking about introductory set, actually funny, like that was probably the hardest thing is calls calling, you know, sometimes I'd like, okay, I have to make some calls. And I'd sit there for like an hour, just trying to amp myself to do it because <laughs> half the time they don't pick up and you're like, okay, well I did my calls. They didn't pick up, but at least I did it. But then when they call, it's another level of panic because they're like, oh, no, now I actually like, what do I say to them? Right. So that was that was probably one of the hardest hurdles. Um, it took me almost a year to kind of get over. And sometimes you still feel that little bit of a, oh, my gosh, you know, you have people that say I'm not interested. And then they hang up and you, you take it personally. You're like, I'm not a bad person. Like the, the calling I did, I did put some Facebook advertisements. So these people responded to a Facebook advertisement and you're just fulfilling their request. Right. So I would take it personally, like, Oh, people hate me. <laughs> so would you say cold calling is kind of, uh, a main thing you kind of struggled with kind of getting over like a hump Yeah. and the actual just process of calling random people, seeing if they want to buy or sell a house. Yeah, it is. It's so, so difficult. And again, another advantage with the golfy team, it's not really cold calling because a lot of them is just people answering actual advertisements. So they know that they've responded to something like that. So cold calling is, is a terrible, terrible feeling. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, you're cold calling, you're doing this, you're getting rejected. I know you said you actually got your first deal early. Yeah, it came early. So could you kind of like go through the kind of where the lead came from and how the deal came about? 
Yeah. So uh, a lot of, for a lot of first time agents, a lot of their first deals come from your, what we call it, like sphere of influence, right? Like the people that, you know, your friends and family. So at the transportation company, uh, I knew a lot of people and there was a guy that was looking to retire. So he wanted to sell his house. He had already purchased a property a while back. It was kind of like a cottage she home. Oh, sorry. One second. I just need to. Okay. So he had already purchased a home that was uh, like up north, but he needed to sell his home. Uh, this was in Brampton. And this gave me, I still love this story because it gave me a lot of security about myself. At the transportation company, we have different shifts. I always just worked your regular nine to five, but he used to work like 11 p.m. to like 6 a.m. So him and I actually never met each other at work. When I worked there, like I said, I, I like to do a lot of things. So I would run a lot of the uh, social committee programs. So I organized sick kids runs a volleyball tournament. So I organized our group with the company to play at the sick kids volleyball tournament. So that's where we met because he came to that volleyball tournament. So the interactions him and I had were actually very limited, but we just kind of hit it off. So, you know, he's, he's like a 60 year old man getting ready to retire, but he saw my work ethic and my charisma, I guess. And we kind of clicked. So when he thought of selling his house, he thought of me. So that was a, that was a nice feeling to know that somebody that didn't know me super well, still trusted me enough as a, as a new, cause he knew, he knew that I literally just quit at that transportation company to be a real estate agent. Um, and he trusted me and uh, I was able to sell, sell his house and he was happy and it was a good feeling. Yeah. That's interesting that your first lead came from someone you were always around, but never really knew. Yeah. So or it was definitely, a, 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 he was taking a chance on me. Mm -hmm. So it was nice to feel that he trusted me. Yeah. And uh, going on to the volleyball as that you organized that tournament. to bring a community together and that's part of the what I love about the job because you're helping somebody find a home you're you're bringing them into a new community so uh at the transportation company I also organized a team that uh, for the heart and stroke foundation they do like a bike ride so I would organize our group that would do that so just different things like that that I enjoyed mm -hmm. doing and that's why like I said when I had to leave that job it was hard because I did put a lot of myself into it, but it's a lot of it was volunteer that was going to help the company and not help me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're, do you all volunteer at these things annually? Like, is this every year you're going out there and doing something? When I was with the company, because it was a corporate events, uh, I was doing yearly. Uh, since I've gone since COVID, we haven't been able to do things like that. But once stuff starts opening again, I do plan on doing those sort of volunteer things because I do, it, it is something. Those sort of uh, community events. Yeah, for sure. And at that point, like, since you really love that, it's not even about the real estate, but if a lead came from uh, a source from one of those uh, programs, then mm -hmm. that's just like a plus on the side of doing exactly. something you love to do.
Exactly. Yeah. Like I've been doing that sort of thing, like since, since high school, when I was in high school, I used to organize a, like a fashion show that all the money went at that time. It was Haiti. Right. So I went to a school in Haiti. So just throughout my whole life, it's just something that's been kind of a, a part mm -hmm. of me. Um, my mom used to do uh, donations, like uh, a bowling event where the proceeds would go for uh, the cancer cancer foundation right so just something that i kind of grew up with that's uh stuck with me throughout time yeah so your your mother kind of brought you into that space and kind of uh brought that onto you and you kind of took it from there exactly yeah mm, that's great um you brought up covid which uh kind of makes me uh interested about say a year and a half ago or whenever this happened uh life as a realtor how did that kind of change for you were you worried that you know we're about to go into a bad crash or when were you surprised that it actually didn't turn out that way uh, exactly that at first you know that first month everything felt so still uh you know there was people panicking like oh do i sell my house because it's going to get worse or people saying i don't want to sell my house because i don't want people coming in here who could have covid because at that time you know we didn't know how serious it could be so everything just kind of felt like it just rose just complete standstill but then uh after a month like by i think it was like march by the mid of april when people you know real estate was considered essential and you know, people could wear their face masks and don't touch anything just sanitize it, it it just went crazy everybody thought prices would go down but it it did the exact opposite prices started going up you know inventory was an all-time low and everybody wants to buy. I think, you know, with people having to stay at home or work from home, people are like, shoot, I, I either need a bigger house because I have my whole family here all the time, right? Or, or people from Toronto being like, I don't want to be in this one bedroom condo in a building where I have to be with a hundred other people when I can go buy a detached house in Hamilton, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just a huge, huge change because of COVID. And uh, I had, unfortunately, some buyers that thought, oh, maybe once COVID is over, prices will be better. But, you know, a year later, if they would have bought last year when they told me that they were interested, they could have actually bought a nice detached house. Now they're looking at townhouses that or things that need work because things increased like $100,000 overnight, it felt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's very, you know, it's very obvious that obviously the market didn't enter a bad spot and you're still fairly new in your career, I'd say. So how, how did that kind of feel for you to kind of be in the, be starting off in the career and kind of, it kind of feels like the perfect time. Yeah, it was, it was, it was good. At the same time, I worry, I think a lot about the future. So I thought, okay, is this just because of this COVID wave? Cause you know, we're, everybody's saying we're hitting records of number of sales in a month number of price so i said is this sustainable is this how it's going to be in the future um one thing that gave me peace of mind is again being on the team because of their lead flow generation they said they they do good at whether the market's good or bad like people always come to them because they trust them so that kind of made me feel a little bit at ease right so in this career you do have to establish yourself and build that reputation for yourself with your clients, right? Because that's what's gonna be your recurring business. So whether the market changes or not, all these people own homes now, and they're either gonna sell it at some point or change or know somebody that needs that. So you just need to start becoming that person 
that mm-hmm. who you've worked with, they're the ones that are going to go to you time again. For sure. And establishing yourself, establishing yourself and kind of being a face, you know, kind of serves as a reminder advertising for yourself to be in front of the people. So, um, kind of how would you say how important is it to start building your personal brand and utilizing these social media platforms in a day like today because it's fair to say you know social media today is not what it was say 10 years ago so how how important is it that you utilize social media as a realtor today yeah so um on the team like rob has his own website and social media pages and each agent has their own little part in the website but we are encouraged to have our own instagram our own facebook page right um whenever somebody leaves a google review for example it's under his name but we always ask people to put our full name that way it's something that's always going to stick with me as an individual agent right so all those google reviews are about the work i did right um i know you contacted me through my uh instagram page right so those sort those sort of things are always going to stay with me, as well as any of the clients um, that I keep in my, my di- database, and I keep contact with them because are are my clients, right? So it, it's just so important to build your reputation. And uh, actually, funny story: one of the earlier clients I had, they purchased a property, and it had the um, like standing AC units. And when we viewed the place, it had been vacant for a couple of months and the AC units were there. So when we purchased the property, I didn't include it in the offer, just kind of like an oversight. So when they got the keys to the place, they called me and they said, Camilla, the AC units aren't here. Like da, 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 da. I look at the offer and I say, crap, like it's not there. That was my mistake. I should have added it. Um, if that's, if we wanted them. So the first thing I did, was, I went to, um, I think it was Best Buy. They had the AC units. I bought two of them and it cost me a lot, like a lot of money for a closing gift, but that client's happy, right? They're going to tell their friends about me and what. can offer you more business down the line than leaving a client unhappy exactly exactly and yeah and it was a huge lesson i'll never forget now anytime i go see a property i'm very diligent to see what's at the property and what's in the offer right so it's one of those huge life lessons that i'll never forget (laughs) for sure and um yeah i did i you mentioned that i did message you through your instagram i reached out to you um and i noticed on your instagram you know you're you're utilizing social media. I've seen like a couple of your funny reels you put out. And do you feel like uh, not enough realtors may be producing content such as that or like talking to the camera? Because sometimes I'm on like realtors pages and all, all I see is, you know, sold, sold, sold every post. But it's very important to, you know, have your face out there and talk and let people know who you are. So do you feel like, um, I'm not sure if a lot of realtors, but maybe a good amount of them are missing the benefits of social media? Yeah, definitely. I feel like you you need to also kind of feed Instagram what they want right now um, in order to be featured more or for even your own followers to see you, you need to have reels. So I just recently started making them and it's a a learning curve, but once you start doing it, it, it's better for 
your the logarithm to show you to more people, right? And it, it creates a bit of trust in people saying, oh, they're funny or like, oh, they're this. So talking like on video and camera is so important nowadays because it, it really touches more of who that person is and their personality rather than just a picture with words, right? Yeah. So an important thing that this reminds me of is it's always important to keep doing coaching programs or learning, right? So doing webinars, doing always trying to improve yourself and your business so that you can do a better job for your clients and for, for your uh, outreach. So that's something that I do try to keep up on is just seeing what's the, the next thing, always keeping up to up to date. So that's why I do try to show about my personal self too, because Real estate, it's one of the biggest financial investments, but also emotional investments. So people need to trust you on both ends, not just, wow, I'm a, I'm a great businesswoman, but am I just going to be a cold person? No, you know, they need to see, I, I care about them. I have my own life and, oh, I'm a real person sort of thing. For sure. Um, I, I feel like real estate's kind of looked at as a high value job. And, you know, a lot of people may look at it as being easy, but, you know, there's a lot of different aspects of it, such as prospecting, negotiating, uh, conducting an open house, the list goes on and on. And it's kind of like a sport at that point where you really need to be your best self in all these different categories in order mm -hmm. to win. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, and I always tell people like real estate, there's part-time jobs, full-time jobs, and then there's an all-time job. Like I'm always working. It doesn't matter Saturday, Sunday, 10 p.m., 5 a.m. Whenever a client messages you, you need to respond as quickly as possible or else they'll be like, my agent's not there for me, right? Like I just recently purchased a home with my partner and we're moving in this week, but I still have to call my clients. I still have to go view homes. I can't say, oh, you know, I'm taking the week off or, you know, I'll be trying to watch a movie at night at 8 p.m an email from a client, I have to pause the movie, go deal with that and then come back. So yes, sometimes agents have more time in the day to go for a walk, but that's because my Saturday and Sunday are all spent, you know, I have to balance my, my schedule differently than having a, a, a timed office job per se. For sure. And uh, you mentioned moving in with your partner in the next week or so. Um, how important has um, have they been to you in starting off your career? Uh, were they, you know, a good foundation for you to lean back on? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I actually ended up, I moved in with my partner a year ago and they were really great to not charge me rent. Let's say while, while I just kind of started building up my clientele and jobs, but now that I'm in a much better place we bought a house together because you know we can pay a mortgage together and then and it'll be okay <laughs> so yeah so it, it's safe it, to say they they believed in you from the start obviously if they're willing to yeah. you know provide for you until you're you jump jumpstart your career which is exactly. a nice thing obviously exactly so it is really great and they do have to be understanding because sometimes he'll get home from his work and he wants to chat or this or that but you know, I'm at my home office and I tell him like, I'm sorry, like I need to, I need to do these calls or when we're watching that movie and I have to pause it, he's understanding that that's just the way my, my job is sometimes. Yeah. And that's kind of a big downside in real estate where, you know, like it's hard to just have time to yourself without any interruptions. 
Exactly. That's the biggest thing. Like it's very short windows. I had, I don't know what it was at the end of oh, May, uh, May, at the end of May, I was ridiculously crazy busy. I was literally showing homes every day and writing offers every day. I was probably in and out of the house and for four weeks straight, it felt like, like that was, it was something, but I knew I had to really hustle those four weeks because that's where a lot of your deals are going to come from to hold you over for the next couple months. Cause you never really know you got to work hard. Cause then, you know, it has peaks and droughts as you get more established in the business though, it starts to become a little bit better where you don't have peaks and droughts. If you really work that pipeline of clients, right. Definitely. That's kind of where the importance of just having faith and keep pushing and working comes through. It kind of becomes like a snowball effect. Like exactly. not, not everyone can say no, or eventually something's good, good is going to happen to you. And you kind of just have to believe in that. Exactly. Exactly. And, and it is, it's still ha- like it's going to happen. I senior agents tell me all the time, you know, you're working with a buyer, you're working with a seller and it doesn't pan out for whatever reason, right? Like, but you still have to treat them and work with them exactly the same as if, if it was going to happen. Cause that's, you never know. And again, it's your reputation. For sure. Uh, Camila, I know I've I only said 30 minutes and I feel like we're kind of a bit past that by now. So I'm going to try and wrap this up. Um, I find your story very interesting. I feel like it's interesting how you started off in kinesiology too. And so did I, and now we're kind of both on the same path. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're a little bit farther and it seems like you're doing good in your career, which is great. And you're moving in with your partner soon. So I feel like, um, is it safe to say that you're at a kind of a very good state in your life right now? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Like these past couple of weeks, I've been, I've been just so happy with everything happening. Um, right behind me, I actually have, it's hard to see, but I have my calendar where I write all the closings I have all my prospective buyers, you know, and I'm, I'm the type of person, like I listen to podcasts about how to improve yourself and this and that, and, you know, write your goals down, visualize it. I usually have a vision board as well. Right. So it feels like everything's falling into place and the, yeah. that hard work is, is paying off. Yeah. I can definitely relate to the type of resources you're, um, you're utilizing to your advantage and kind of consuming. Um, so yeah, so where do you feel is next for your uh, realtor career? Do you plan on just keep wholesaling houses or do you have plans to maybe get into commercial or invest? Yeah, uh, for for myself, I think uh, in terms of career-wise, continue uh, working with uh, residential clients. And I do work with some investors time sometimes, but for myself, I would love to acquire my own investment properties. Um, definitely think that's a, it's a solid plan. You know, I, I preach it to others. So, uh, I'd love to start doing that for myself as well. Definitely. It's definitely a great vehicle for, um, income, passive income. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. Um, I appreciate you for coming on here and talking to me. It was, I felt like it was a good conversation. Yeah. And, thank you for inviting mm, me, Brad. I'll be looking forward to what I see you doing next. I'll keep up to date with you and engage with you on social media. And yeah, I appreciate you for coming on and taking the time to talk to me today. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, um, I hope you have a good day. It's it's nice out, so uh, we get to enjoy it. Yeah, I'm going to go work on that house that I purchased. We're taking <laughs> down some wallpaper. <laughs> I, I hope that goes great for you. <laughs> thank you so much. Okay, have a good day. You too. Bye. See you.